Hello, my good friends. This is Dan Jones to share a quiet talk with you today. How can you be really effective? How can you change the world? You may answer, I can't. I don't have the natural ability. There are certain people in the public eye who have amazing talent. I think of certain sports figures like quarterbacks who can be chased across the field by a bunch of guys and at the last minute throw a 60-yard touchdown pass or basketball players who can drop a 30-foot jump shot like it's nothing. We worship talent, whether it's in sports or entertainment or other walks of life. The sad thing there is that if you don't have much talent, you don't feel like you have anything to offer, so you settle for a mediocre life just existing. Well, I've got good news for you. Let me introduce this news by looking at a famous Christian that everybody has heard of. His name is Paul. He was different than a lot of preachers you see today. Nowadays, uh, television has become a major influence on our culture. Some people listen to the opinions of movie stars like they were actually experts. This phenomenon has infected the church. There are preachers on TV who have a lot of talent. They're good in front of the camera. They're handsome. So many people, influenced as they are by the Hollywood culture, look up to these guys. But I have a question. If having talented preachers on TV makes a difference, then why haven't they made a difference? We've had TV religion for many, many years, and we've had a lot of talented Christian personalities, but the spiritual and moral nature of our country continues to deteriorate. Why is that? Maybe it's because talent isn't the answer. Okay, back to Paul. Here's what they said about him. For his letters are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. Now, as a preacher myself, there, there aren't many things you want to hear less than that your speech is contemptible. I mean, speaking is one of the big things we do. That's why they call us preachers. And as for your bodily presence being weak, well, that's not so good either. Evidently, this apostle didn't have much charisma. There are certain people who, when they enter a room, grab the attention of everybody. Everybody wants to talk to them, to be close to them. Paul was the opposite. His bodily presence was weak. People weren't automatically drawn to him. He just didn't have electricity. So how do you account for his ministry? Now, you may be tempted to point to his letters and say, like the folks in Corinth attested, they were weighty and powerful, but that won't do. To show you what I mean, let me go back to a verse I quote quite a bit. Paul and his fellow workers come to the city of Thessalonica. As you'll recall, he later wrote two letters to this church. But in Acts 17, the church there is just being founded. He was only there a couple of weeks when his enemies started a riot and said, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. Now think about that for a minute. Paul and his companions had turned the world upside down in the words of these men who hated the gospel message. You can't say his letters had turned the world upside down because he hadn't written any of them yet. It was his personal ministry that had this dramatic effect on the Mediterranean world. 
So how could a guy who's personal presence was weak and whose speech was contemptible turn the world upside down. Here's the thing. Human beings in their own strength can't turn the world upside down for Christ. Regardless of how good looking you are, how eloquent you are, you can't do it. Christ is the one who turns the world upside down. It's not us. Listen to what Jesus said to his disciples just before he was arrested and crucified. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Uh, Just in case you missed it, what can we do apart from Christ? Right, nothing. He's not just talking to average Joes like you and me, but to those guys with the it factor, those good-looking TV preachers. So here's what I infer from all this where the Apostle Paul is concerned. He had Jesus. Paul was absolutely and totally committed to Jesus. He gave up everything for Christ. He eventually gave up his head for Christ. He put it very simply in one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It is Philippians 1.21. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Christ wasn't a part of Paul's life. Christ was Paul's life. There was nothing else for him. God has determined that he will reach the world through his Son expressed through us. Again, it's not us, it's him. We are just the channel through whom he works. So why doesn't he work through everybody like he worked through Paul and like he's worked through other mighty men and women of God? Paul gives us the key in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified With Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. For Christ to shine through my life, I must die. That's what all this talk about taking up your cross means. Cross means death, death to myself, death to my will, death to my human desires. Now, of course, this is not popular talk today, not to keep ragging on those TV preachers, but very few of them emphasize this aspect of the Christian life. They talk about how you can get God to bless you and prosper you and heal you. That's what people want to hear. But that was not the message of Jesus. His message is this. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Paul understood this. From the very beginning, 
He had been informed about laying down your life for Jesus. Right after he was converted on the Damascus Road, God sent a disciple named Ananias to pray for him that his sight might be restored and that he might be filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's what the Lord told Ananias, even before he left his house. Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Now, that's really motivational. He didn't say, I'm going to show Paul how I'm going to bless him. He said, I'm going to show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Friend, are you willing to lay down your life for Jesus? Are you willing to suffer for the sake of the gospel message? If you are, then God can use you mightily. You may not become famous, but on the day of judgment, God will reveal all that he has done through your life, even those hidden works that maybe even you yourself were not aware of. Paul shows us that it's not looks or talent that make us useful to God, but total devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ, who himself shouldered his cross and poured out his life's blood for the sin of the world. Oh, precious Heavenly Father, I want to be like Paul. I want to be able to say, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I want Jesus to be everything to me. I want him to be my all in all so that he can flow through my life and touch others with the power of the gospel. And I pray this in his precious name, the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. My dear friend, I would covet your prayers for our uh, group uh, of ardent disciples, committed Christians who are seeking to establish a work for Jesus in the Schenectady, New York area. Our group is called the Bread of Life Anglican Church, and uh, we meet Sundays at 10 o'clock at the American Legion Hall in Schenectady. It is 1809 Union Street. If you live in that area, if you don't have a church home, we would love to meet you. As always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. May God bless you.